the you know, buyer did some ground penetrating radar in the courtyard just to, you know, as part of the environmental study and discovered that there was an old forgotten cemetery underneath the ground in the courtyard. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexemmer, with me excited to have Matt Jones. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing fantastic. Just got back from a three-day trip. Uh, we went and toured several of our existing buildings, that uh, current deals that we've got going on. We've got uh, a new property we closed on at the end of April. Um, Matt with the project manager that's, we have an in-house project manager that's helping coordinate the entire project. So we met with, with him and I was able to kind of really just go through the property and some details and, and walk through some of the units that we wanted to walk through, talk with some, uh, contractors and make sure everything's on board and in line so we can get this project moving and off the ground. When you first buy a property, you're trying to get this project going. It's just really important in my opinion to have really everything lined up. So we try to align everything as much as we can prior to acquisition. And then after acquisition, we're really just trying to get it to in a position to where we can hit the go button. And once we hit the go button, we're off to the races. Materials there, everything's sourced, ready to go, and the contractors are hitting the ground running. So that's kind of the process we're in right now. And and our contractors have now started. The day those contractors start, we don't want them to stop until the project's done. And that's why we do the groundwork up front. That's the key critical aspect that we want to make sure our project manager understands and he's prepared and ready for. So what's the uh, checklist of items that you have to look at uh, in preparation for the uh, acquisition? Yeah, good question. Uh, so you know, understanding and knowing your full scope, right? What are you going to actually be doing? So that's that's critical. Um, understanding, and knowing your full scope, then lining up your contractors, right? Do you have the right people in place? Are you just going to use one general contractor that's going to kind of do it all? Or are you going to use a lot of subcontractors? We typically use a decent amount of subcontractors. So we've got, a, you know, we've got a kind of general person that does a lot of the a lot of the work within the units, but then we've got a roofer, we've got somebody doing the siding, we've got somebody doing the windows, we've got somebody doing the pavement. Um, so there's a lot of other moving parts. We've got somebody doing the flooring, you know, painting, all that kind of stuff. And so we line up, we make sure everybody's lined up for that. Uh, we create a schedule for them um, and expectations, how long it's going to take them to get things done. And then uh, the other thing is you've got to get your materials sourced. So you have to understand what kind of cabinets you're going to use, what kind of flooring you're going to use, what kind of light fixtures, plumbing fixtures, et cetera, are you going to use? And then where are you going to get them from? And how much do you need? And so it, that's the detailed list that you want. Um, so our project manager, Anthony, is going through these units and he's completely, you know, he's making sure we have complete, you know, bill of materials, making sure our full scope for every unit, because every unit changes slightly, right? Um, so we need to make sure we have a full bill of materials. We have a full detailed scope. 
you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, it becomes easier as you go, but the first time, you know, obviously these first dozen units that we're doing is going to take him the longest from there. It's more of a checklist. He's already got everything set up and he needs to just delete items as they go or as needed, you know, or add items back into it, whatever. So he's got his whole master source and then he just goes, okay, these are the, the things we're doing on this unit. And what kind of things need to be looked at uh, during the walkthrough? Are you talking like an initial walkthrough or the detailed walkthrough right now? Detailed right now. Yeah, uh, everything, right? So we're looking at all of the finer details of the project or Anthony is. And so he's looking at our scope and he's making sure that we're picking apart everything on the scope. And he's also looking for anything that needs to get done outside of the scope. So maybe there's some mold in a closet. Okay, well, where's that mold coming from? You know, we want to first make sure that we know where the mold's coming from and we want to put that on the list, right? Maybe there's, um, I mean, there's a big crack in the ceiling, drywall, you know, whatever it is, we're going to want to write that down into our scope. So I think really looking at the, having your full understanding of the scope, right? We're going to do cat. We're going to replace the cabinets. We're going to do new granite countertops. We're going to tile the backsplash, all that. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty simple. We've got a two bedroom, one bath. It's, you know, 1150 square feet. Boom. We know exactly the materials we're going to need for that. But then when we go and we walk that unit, we have to really dig into any details that might be outside of our normal scope. Or maybe we go, well, the owner, the previous owner replaced all the light fixtures and they're, they're in great condition. We don't need to do those. So we how, have to take those off the list. You know, how are you keeping track of like which units need which items? Like, is it a paper to-do list or do you have an app or Google Sheets? Yeah, uh, Google Sheets right now, there are some good apps out there that we're looking at, but right now uh, using using Google Sheets, but because it, it's easy to communicate with everybody and they don't have to have a different app. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that was great. We were able to really dive into some details. Uh, you know, with Anthony, we came, you know, we looked at a few things that we hadn't looked at before that we're wanting to get done. For instance, the, the gutters. So this property, um, has a, a courtyard in the middle and, uh, it, the, a lot of water's coming off these roofs and it doesn't have any subgrade units. They're all slab on grade, but at the same time, we want to make sure water stays away from those units. We don't want them to get into these units. There's some drains going on, but the gutters are just spilling out in some cases, just spilling out right directly to the foundation. And so, you know, we talked about that. We want to get all these gutters running indirectly into the drain. So we're going to bury all the gutters under and indirectly to the drains to get that water out of the courtyard. We're also um, going to take and, and cut back a lot of the trees to get more sunshine in sunshine. You know, it's good to have sun on the buildings, it keeps them from getting moldy. It keeps the moisture out of them. It also, again, we want to keep that courtyard nice and dry and, and, good. We want to grow nice grass for the residents. Uh, and so we're going to cut things back. Vegetation in a lot of these buildings gets overgrown very quickly. As we're walking other properties, we're looking at a lot of properties right now, Matt. And that's one of the things we're doing at, at potential new acquisitions. And every single case 
the landscaping is extremely overgrown. Not only does it not look attractive, but it causes damage to the buildings. And so we want to make sure we're trimming that back. We're taking the bushes that are at head height and we're bringing them down to more like knee height or slightly above that. We don't want these huge, you know, trees or bushes. Some of them have to just get pulled out because they're so big. Um, the trees, same thing. You get roots that crack foundations that cause moisture problems, uh, have squirrels and other, you know, animals getting into the buildings because of them. So we want to make sure we're keeping that stuff clean and clear of the buildings. And when you see that deferred uh, landscaping, do you renegotiate with the current landscaping company or do you just start afresh with a new one? Yeah. So that's, I guess it really depends. Um, can the, can the current company handle it? Uh, and it's not necessarily, you might go, well, why, why would you even consider hiring them? They're not doing their job. Well, that's not true necessarily. Uh, cause their job might be just to mow the lawn and trim back the bushes, but they're not given the, they're not given the scope to actually take them down to a, a certain level. Right. So, uh, if it's a reputable company that we like and that we feel does a good job, we're going to use them. Otherwise we're going to use our companies that we typically use that, that we have a, a good relationship with and understand what we're looking to, looking to do at these properties. Okay. What are some of the surprises that you tend to find, uh, when you're doing the inspections of properties? Boy, I mean, it, it can vary a whole heap of a lot. Um, I think some of the bigger things that we find are, man, I mean, that, that varies so much. So that, that's really a difficult question to, to answer. But um, I, I think maybe the conditions not nearly as good as what we were told. You know, this, for instance, we looked at uh, a property and it had been completely renovated uh, top to bottom. At least that was the story. Right. The story was it had been completely renovated top to bottom between 2017 and 2000. No, it was 2000. Sorry, 2019 and 2021. Um, and, and so you walk into that expecting nicely renovated units. You see some pictures and it shows a model unit and looks great. But then you walk in and you go, hmm. They did some renovation, but they also didn't do some renovation or you know, they left the carpet in the bedroom that's stained and nasty and has Kool-Aid marks on it type of thing. Um, I, that's really weird. Or, okay, they remodeled the interior units. But for instance, we had one property we looked at uh, yesterday. Looked beautiful on the surface. But as you dug deeper, uh, actually, I'll give you several examples. As you dug deeper on one of the, one of the units, there was mold on the corner, a lot of water staining. Huh. Well, what's that from, right? You remodeled the interior, but you've got some moisture issues happening on the exterior somewhere. You remodeled the interior, but you've got decks that are really just falling apart, right? So that was another thing. Overgrown landscaping, same same type of thing. They had these porches that um, were in many cases starting to fail. They hadn't addressed some foundation issues from the porches that were sinking and causing the three stories of, of, uh, of, of structure on top of it to start to move and adjust. So those are things uh, that, you know, big surprises. Another building we looked at again had been fully remodeled. Well, then as we walked into it, we found out that sometimes, but other times they 
remodeled and left carpet in the living room. And they said they had fully remodeled it. Well, that's partial remodel, right? Or the cabinets were left um, and they didn't replace the cabinets. They just painted them. Uh, again, that's partial remodel. Uh, the bathrooms were done, but the showers were nasty, like mold, um, mis mismatched tiles, uh, bathtubs that are peeling, you know, that type of thing. And so sometimes what you're told isn't quite what you get, which is the value of getting into these units. And here's one more thing I've been rambling on for a while, but here's one more thing is there's a big push to do hard earnest money day one with no early look or no look period. We, we do not do that. We won't do that. And the reason being is because of the things that I've just been telling you, we find these things. And what do you think a seller is going to have you see when you go do your original tour? Uh, probably best the best units, units. Or the worst best ones the best units right they're going to show you the best three four units right i walked a building again this was the one that i said had been fully remodeled and they only allowed us into two units i asked and talked them into allowing us into a third unit but that's three units out of over 200 units do you think i saw the best or the worst i saw the best I saw two model units and then another unit, they were doing a unit turnover and the, the new resident was moving in tomorrow, right? So I saw the best units. That's what you see. So if when you go and throw your million dollars or half a million dollars or $200,000 worth of earnest money down and, you, and you're having it no contingency whatsoever, you're putting yourself at a big giant mm -hmm. risk. We can't renegotiate, can't do anything. We're losing our earnest money. We can't even walk away if the seller lied to us. And in many cases, they maybe aren't lying to us, but they're not really telling us the truth. And they might not even know the truth. They were told that everything has been remodeled. Hmm, very interesting. And I, I think back a few years ago, there was a apartment complex in Tampa and the you know, buyer did some ground penetrating radar in the courtyard just to, you know, as part of the environmental study and discovered that there was an old forgotten cemetery underneath the ground in the courtyard. Uh, so then <laughs> they had to renegotiate and, and wow. exhume the bodies and, and move them and stuff. Wow. Now that, that is definitely something i have that's a surprise that's for sure <laughs> and i have not ran into dead body surprises uh actually i shouldn't say that I ran into some dead bodies but not like that <laughs> yeah yeah I, there's all kinds of things you're gonna find matt i think the the biggest uh obviously is condition of the property that you get concerned about and um the other thing is uh the 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 residents themselves, right? You expect that you've got a certain resident profile and you find out that you weren't quite right. Um, of course, it's always nice when we find out the pleasant surprise, we've got better residents or we've got less work to do, but usually it's the opposite. We've got more work to do or we've got worse residents than what we thought. Um, and so that those just seem to be kind of the bigger ones. I, I uh, looked at a property uh, yesterday, we're doing due diligence on, uh, still potentially we'll go forward with this deal but we need to look at again at our budget numbers we need to run some stuff by our lender to figure out if we can actually do this deal um it's got siding that looked 
from the surface to be in good condition. It was just repainted. Uh, it's LP smart side. But as I looked closer, it is the LP smart side that had a class action lawsuit on it back Ooh. in the 1980s. And that LP smart side is not very smart <laughs> and it is not a good product. It actually soaks up water and causes mold to happen behind uh, the walls. And so I've, figure that out as started walking the property. Luckily, I've had experience with that material before when I was uh, doing remodeling construction in the summers through, you know, so uh, when I was a teacher. So luckily I had experience with that. Had I not, I would never have known. And quite frankly, the people that are walking with me had no clue. And hmm. so if those, those are some important, you know, things to be able to point out and to be able to discover as you're walking walking properties. Um, yeah. And I think it's not just, uh, you know, looking at the properties that you can find surprises. It's the financials, uh, you know, you know, if you see a property oh, that's, that has, that's huge too. Yeah. 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 For example, if you see uh, the water bill is much higher than maybe some of the surrounding, uh, you know, apartment complexes, then you're know, like, Oh, there might be an underground leak that's going on. Yeah. Or, or like we've discovered in, Little Rock, and I mentioned it on the podcast, and if you haven't heard it, go back. I don't know how many episodes that was, but a couple couple months ago, probably three months ago, four months ago, uh, maybe it's been a little bit. No, it's been probably longer now. Think, it's been yeah, like longer. six months. Um, but yeah, we, we found that the seller was fraudulating their books. You know, look for inconsistencies in, in the books. And just because you're buying from a quote-unquote reputable seller who you think is a reputable seller doesn't mean that's the case. This person would, it, it, on the surface, would you would assume is a very reputable seller, uh, but that doesn't mean it's, that's the case. And so you got you want to look for any kind of anomalies uh, that you can as you go. Yeah, so many details to cover uh, in you know, walking the, the property and looking at the paperwork that it, it's easy if you, if you just glaze over or take the information that you're getting from uh, the broker or the seller at face value, then you really might get screwed over. Yep. Yeah, we walked a property that looks like it's in a fantastic location on the map. But as you, I know like the part of town it's in is a great part of town. The location appears to be fantastic. But as you actually drive the property and go to that property, the duplexes, there was a bunch, it was surrounded by a bunch of duplexes or all of these kind of just old, outdated, uh, not very well kept duplexes, rundown cars, um, just like, great, this is not the neighborhood I thought. Now, again, a, around it, very close to it is A minus B plus type area. But this general area, as you kind of walk around and feel out the neighborhood, it feels more like a B minus, even C plus type neighborhood. And so that makes a big difference. I, the property we're looking at is the gem of the neighborhood. So I can't assume that I'm going to attract the best residents if the residents surrounding my property are going to be scaring them all away. Yeah, I mean, you can fix up the property, but it's much harder to fix up the whole neighborhood. Yeah, you can't fix up the neighborhood. So just like in any city, every city has great neighborhoods and not so great neighborhoods. But even within the great neighborhoods, a lot of times we might have a, a, a smaller area that's just where you maybe don't want to be. It's not like it's, I wouldn't call this area dangerous. 
necessarily. It's just more rundown and, and not what you would expect. Yeah, good to know. Yeah. So yeah, um, but anyway, so, so it was a great trip. You know, we try to incorporate as much as we can in there. Of course, you know, you only have uh, so much time, but really, you know, I think it's so valuable uh, to get on site, to be talking with contractors, to be talking with your on-site staff. The other thing we try to really do is make sure we're, we're leading our culture, right? And so this time we didn't talk uh, too much about culture, um, but we want to make sure we're, we're talking about our culture, what we expect, how we want our residents to be treated, how, how we want to be, be showing up every single day. Uh, we want to make sure that our on-site actually knows that and understands what we're looking to achieve. Uh, we can't just assume that the property management company is feeding that information to them. So I think that's really important too, is pushing your culture to the contractors, to the on-site managers, to your maintenance staff. You know, one of my goals is that at the end of every single day, we have zero work orders for our maintenance staff, that they get through every single work order every single day. And that we want to make sure they understand that and they understand why, you know, that's so our residents are being taken care of. They're paying a lot of great money. You know, this is a lot of money to our residents that they're paying for their rent. We want to make sure that we are showing them respect and dignity that they deserve. Yeah. And residents notice that. Like if you're really responsive to their needs and they, they feel like they're being listened to and appreciated and cared for. Yeah. The number one reason why residents move out is maintenance. Lack or lack that lack thereof, right? It was a great trip. Got to meet with some brokers that we, you know, haven't been able to see for a while. So it's always good. I uh, enjoy hanging out with. So we met quite a few brokers, um, you know, talked to them about what we're trying to achieve. And uh, you know, it was, you know, like I said, meeting, walking properties, uh, always good. So very good. Cool. So I want to mention, uh, so this podcast is coming out on Wednesday, May 25th. And uh, so tomorrow, May 26th, we're going to be having a networking happy hour at uh, Summit Brewery at uh, 5.30 p.m. So I'll, in, in the show notes, I'll include a link to how you can get signed up for that. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, look forward to it. That, that's uh, It's going to be fun. We, last time we had a great turnout mm -hmm. and I expect uh, even better turnout this time. So everybody who is in the area wants to come to that, would love to see you there. Yep. Sounds good. Cool. Well, Matt, anything else? No, that's it for today. All right. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day a Saturday. Thank you. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit.
that. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.